Welcome to the No Plan B podcast. My name is Rene Weimann, and for the second time, I'm here with Joe Esperi and Matt Reed for part two of Matt's story. He told me last week that he has so much more to share. So, Joe, let's get into this. LBC back in the house, baby. Let's do this. West up. Yeah. West what's West, y'all. What's going on, man? How you doing, what's, brother? Again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing good. Good to be back again. West Coast back in the building. It's, it's always yes, sir. good, man. Awesome, yeah, I'm, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk some more shop, man. Yeah, awesome, man. So let's get into it, man. Um, you know, we, we touched a little bit on it uh, the last time, but we didn't really get to go into detail. And I really would like to, I mean, we don't like to uh, share um, personal other players, you know, business about their, their salaries and what they're making here and what they should expect. But uh, if you if you don't mind, you know, I like to talk a little bit about the salaries because, I mean, you know it yourself, we made an extremely important point that, you know, there was times like even in my playing days and of course in your playing days where there was a season where you had a great season. And then when you came back to the negotiating table, you only asked for a little bit more. Like you're not going to say, okay, all right, I had a great year, you know, all right, give me 10,000 euros more. You know, it's just like, all right, since I had a great year, okay, how about 500 euros more, you know, plus some bonuses, you know, let me get some win bonuses in there. Or, you know, like in my, in my, uh, in a lot of my contracts, I always told them, Hey man, I want bonuses. I want like, you, you give me an extra hundred euros and I'm going to, I'm going to have 20 rebound games. I want a 20 rebound, you know, clause in my contract, you know, th th things of that nature, you know? So, so let's talk a little bit about that because at the end of the day, we have so many people who've had great seasons. They come back, they try to negotiate, but, uh, they're in a bad situation because, you know, they might ask for, let's say, uh, 1,200 euros, and then here comes the rookie American coming, you know, from college who really wants the opportunity, who says, hey, listen, I'll, I'll play for 700 euros. I don't need 1,200, and then they'll take that rookie. So if you don't mind, let's get into that a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. first off, uh, I always look back and I always say, man, how lucky I was to play 10 years, 10 seasons straight in Germany and kind of clawed my way back up from the third division at the time, which was Regionalliga in 2007, and clawed my way up all the way to one of the top leagues in Pro A and also have an opportunity to move a Pro A team up to the first league, winning championships in Pro B, Pro A in the first league. Uh, it's not like I was getting a lot of money to do that. And I'm, 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 I look back and I feel so blessed that I'm able to do that every year, but for example, in 2007, my first contract to play in Germany was 800 euros a month. Now, 800 euros a month included a car, which you had to pay your own gas. It included um, one meal a day, which could have been lunch or dinner. Um, and the rest you had to take care of on your own. Now, if you think about it, 800 euros back in 2007, when there was no Instagram, there was no Facebook, so you couldn't really uh, promote yourself to make more money on a new team next season. So um, I was just lucky and feeling blessed. And my mom told me, you know, you could be doing something here in the States that you don't want to be doing. So just take it as an opportunity, try to save as much money as you can. And yeah, 800 euros a month, you think about it for eight months, you can only probably manage to save, I would say 500 to 400 euros a month. And let's just say 400 euros a month for eight months. But well, that's 3,200 euros you're taking back home after eight months. Um, 
3,200 euros converted into dollars right now is probably only like uh, under, under $4,000. So let's just say uh, I was 24 at the time when I came back home with only around $4,000. Um, you want to go on a vacation. You want to, you want to buy some nice things. You, you, you want to buy some nice things for your girlfriend at the yeah, time. You want to go, yeah. you know, you want to pay for stuff. Um, I really had to budget and I had to plan, um, what I was going to do because first of all, I came back home. Um, I wasn't promised that I would get a contract next season with the team. I was told to come back home and wait and we'll call you in the summer if we decide to bring you back. So, um, what I did on my own, I said, you know what? I'm not waiting on anybody. I got $4,000 in my pocket. I'm probably going to spend a thousand on some clothes just to upgrade my clothes a little bit. Probably spend another close to 500 to a thousand on my basketball uh, training gear, what I'm going to work out with when I get over there, some shoes and stuff. And I'm, I'm left with 2000 bucks. Yeah. And, um, and you want to turn know, up? So, you're a pro. You want to you want to turn you, up like the NBA dude. Yeah, <laughs> you want to go. You want to go out when you come home. You know what I mean? I was living in Vegas at the time, and you know, just to to rent out a, a spot to sit down in a club, a section costs around four thousand, five thousand dollars. So that was out of the question. So you know what I mean? So uh, and actually, so I said, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it myself. I'm gonna contact every single team in Germany. I'm gonna contact every single team in in London. At the time, the pound was doing very good, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna shoot my shoot them my stats, shoot them a personal email to the coach, find the email, and just say, hey, what's going on for next season? Are you looking for a point guard? And um, turned out that my uh, uh, one guy hit me up in, in London and said, yeah, let me call your coach in Germany. So he called the coach in Germany. And then after that, I didn't receive no other questions back from him. So apparently Here something that, yeah, apparently something that happened between the coach and that coach in London where there's things were said bad. And um, I wasn't able to give him the opportunity to go and play for London the next season. So I actually had to take a job in the same league what I, what I only had available after emailing a hundred, maybe 500 teams. Um, I had to take a job that next year for like, maybe uh, I would say less than 800 euros a month. Maybe it was 700 or 600 euros a month. And that was because I had nothing. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna go over here and make the best of it and then get to a higher league maybe the season after that. Right. I ended up uh, changing teams in the middle of the season. And then I was awarded, uh, I would say, 900 euros a month to finish that season with that team I changed to. But the way they were giving money to their Americans was, I'll give you 200 this month, this week. I'll give you 300 next week. I'll give you another 200 the week after that. And then I'll finish up with... Um, uh, 200 at the end of the week of the month. So I'm basically getting it in allowances now. I'm not getting a, a check every, every, every month. So, um, yeah. and, and, and that was difficult to save too. Cause now I got a budget of 200 to last me two weeks and right. I had to save. And plus I had to still perform to my best ability. And then, uh, yeah. And then I get a contract in the year after that to play in pro B to play in a higher level. So I thought that was great. But then my contract was only at Pro B, I believe, at uh, 1,100 euros. So um, that was a little bit more professional where I was getting my money every month on time. 
Uh, but still, you still got to save your money. You still got to save that. You know, you're only coming home with 500 euros and or 600 euros after you're spending all your money every month. So um, I would say at the end of my career, I was able to make 2,000 euros a month, which is, which is good for, I would say, as a pro A or, 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 or first league player, young player. Um, but still, again, after I was done playing and retired, I still have, I was lucky that I had something to transition into in business where I had to take a risk. And then I, as I got older um, in Germany, you know, um, I said, you know, I want to be on a, another level. I want to get my German pass where I can at least be a German player in Germany. And then I'll have uh, more opportunities to play for teams. Um, and, and that didn't really um, work. It, it worked out for me well, but um, uh, it was, I had to go to school, get my German pass, learn the language. And then I will be into, I have my German citizenship, which I had to give up my American citizenship to receive my German citizenship. A lot of guys have both nowadays, but when I did it, it was on, I was only able to give up, I was only able to have either or. And um, that helped me towards the end of my career of, of getting jobs a lot easier. But um, with uh, the money that's going on, it's, it's, it's not like everyone thinks, you know, you don't come over here and you're not a millionaire unless you come right over here. There's guys, I mean, that are signing great contracts in the first league. I mean, you, you can, you can come over here and make a million, uh, a million dollars. You can come over here and make uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars. You know what I mean? So, um, but when I played, it wasn't like that. So I had to find ways to save my money. I had to find ways to, to find a new team the next season. Because the loyalty here is very cutthroat, I would say, with management here. You know, to a lot of guys, don't I would say to a lot of young guys, don't get comfortable over here. Don't think the team is going to automatically bring you back because you're averaging 23, 24 points a game. You guys are successful and you won a championship. Um, don't be comfortable because there is no loyalty in professional basketball in Germany from what I experienced. Um, you have to... You have to uh, always look to see what you're going to be doing next. You know what I mean? Um, it could be a situation at the end of the season that, you know, like, like I had a situation I was making 1,200 euros a month. And I said, okay, we won a championship this year. We moved up uh, to come back. I want to at least have a, have a raise to double my, my, what I made last year to come right. back. And you deserved a raise, too, because you helped them move up. And you were the star yeah. of the team that scored right. the most points. Right. right. So, so, so I, that's what I thought going into negotiations. And then you go home and you, you fall into the trick bag sometimes where somebody says, we'll call you when we, when you get back. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of young, what I did towards the, towards a lot of years, I was like, no, you're not calling me. We're going to handle this now before I leave because you either going to sign me before I leave for next season, or then I'll just start looking for other teams right now. So, um, yeah as I start to find out how the business is working is though, you know, a lot of teams will see, okay, well, we can bring him back, but there's a guy in the States who will take 800 euros to come and play. And he's in college and he needs a job and there's millions of Americans. So for a lot of years, you're, I would say a lot of years, the salaries for Americans is going down because you was having, say that guy came over here for 800 euros and then he was successful over here and helped the team win a championship. 
So right. now the team and the management thinks, well, if we can always get cheap Americans and be successful, then that's great for us because we're going to make a lot of money off of them. And they, they, they need a job so bad, they'll come over here and then they'll be right. successful and everything at the end of the day is great. Right. Um, at the time, that was really what was going on for like three, four years, man. It was hard to get a job the next season and be successful because somebody else will come and pay for half your, half your salary. It don't matter. Definitely. So, so that, that was a big problem. It's starting to change now. They're starting to give guys a lot two-year contracts, some good, good money and things like that. So, um, yeah, man, I was, I was, I was li literally living like day-to-day. -day. I mean, my wife now tells me like, yo, that's like not even normal German um, ways of living. Like government doesn't like, if somebody is doing it like with business and government housing and, and the way you're supposed to get a, a paycheck every month to work here, you know, you, like you're living, like you're getting a paycheck or they're offering you a contract, like you're unemployed. Right. So it's like, so it's like, they have to offer you a certain amount of money in your contract. So, cause that's the normal law for, for to hire employees in Germany. And a lot of those years, most of my years, a lot of teams were offering me under the, the that that specific law of how they're supposed to pay the money, but it's hard to control that. Um, you know, here in Germany, it's not so um, focused on that. First league, of course, pro A, of right. course. Right. But as you get to a league lowers and lower, they don't care about that. They'll give you five hundred euros to come over here and play. Not not even caring that you still got to live off of that money. Right. Yeah, no doubt. And and let me take it a step further now. Now, as uh, like you said, of course, in the first league in the pro A. Yes, things, the conditions have definitely changed, but from everything downwards, it hasn't gotten better because think about it, you know, back in 2007, when you played, you picked up, um, you know, uh, 800, I think you said, and, and that's what I mean. And now, now imagine this, there's guys that come over here now, they're playing in now, they're making 800. I'm not going to, you know, put people's personal business out there, but I know guys who are making 800 with no meal, with no car, have to share apartment with two or three other people, you know, and it's like you said, man, you know, and for us, we're not dry snitching. We're just trying to put the information out there so that guys realize that when you come here, first and foremost, like I always say, be humble, understand that you have an opportunity, but think about what you're going to do. I mean, is this for me? You know, can I live like that? Or, you know, uh, maybe I should, you know, use my plan B and, you know, and use my degree and really go back to work. I mean, it worked out for you. And let's be really clear here. For all the listeners, the reason it worked out for you, Matt, is because you're a great basketball player. So that's why you had success and was able to, to move forward. The reason it worked out for me was because I was a completely freaky athlete. And I had already, back in the days when I worked, I had, um, I was working inside of a juvenile hall. And I worked inside of a youth prison for kids. So it was already in my head that I had my plan that, okay, you know what, I'm not going to be running and jumping forever. And the money, I, of course, the money I was making in the beginning was I was making marks. So you, can you imagine, I was, and the mark was really low compared to the dollar. So I was making my first job, I was making like 1,500 marks a month, which was the equivalent of $700 mm -hmm. a month. You know, right. so of course, I mean, I, I'm not talking about my story too much. A lot of people know it. But so then that's when I started to do, uh, you know, extra curricular activities to get money, which, which I wouldn't advise also, but that's right, neither here right. nor there. That's neither here nor there. Moving right along. Let's go, Renee. You chime in, buddy. Um, <laughs> it's a very real story that we just uh, listened to. And what I, what I was thinking right now is the question, and I'm asking myself that question, like, how will it be probably after this year? Because 
we all know uh, a lot of things changed. A lot of clubs, especially in this semi-professional area around Regionalliga here and probably even Pro B and lower leagues, uh, some of them might get in big trouble because a lot of their income comes from um, people who get to those games, the, the, the spectators, the people who who watch the game. And um, just as we heard, uh, I think today, is that all sporting events, bigger events, are um, without any spectators until the end of this year. And uh, this will bring, bring big trouble into the financial systems of all of those clubs. And uh, it might be very interesting how this will turn out. Like, what, what, what's your, probably even Joe, what, what, what do you think of these things? Uh, um, how's it going to be? And uh, even, even how are those players getting here right now? You, you, you don't know if, if, if people from the U.S. can come here, how things will turn out in the next few weeks. The season is about to start in most leagues. But yeah, there are so many questions right now. Yeah, yeah no, it, you first, man. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, from from what I from what I've heard and what I know, everything's running as normal as not as normal as before. So basically, um, the players are here. Training camp has started. Um, uh, the salaries for players on some teams have dropped um, because um, you know without any fans, they're not making no money. So um, a lot of these uh, small um, budget teams are taking a big hit. Therefore, the salaries on those teams for the players are going to take a big hit too as well and a big uh, decrease. But like everything I've done in the past, like turn a negative into a positive because um, at the moment, if you have an opportunity to come over here and play for a low-budget team, even though the salary does drop, um, continue to do that um, because you never know what opportunity that's going to present yourself for next season. Because at, at, any, at the end of the day, you got to fight through these times right now as uh, with all means necessary. And um, that's exactly what I had to do uh, before this pandemic was here. So it's like uh, I'm basically used to uh, going through situations like uh, what's going on with teams now. I, I totally get it. Yeah, of yeah, course. Every, sure. every, every crisis also brings a lot of opportunities. And probably a lot of people, a lot of ballplayers are not coming here right now because of that. Right. And if you're the one... In the front line right now, uh, if you get through this, probably you you you're the first next year to to make a big deal in next season or in the second part of the season. So um, after after those or in inside those crises, there is also always a lot of opportunity. I, I'm, I'm sure you know that with all of your risks that you have been taking through your life and yeah. everything that you've been through uh, on, on a micro level compared to what's happening right now. But still, um, that's great. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, you know, just from from talking to uh, the agent I'm working with, with Mike, and, and from talking to a lot of different managers and coaches, yeah, everyone's going to take a hit when there's no fans. We all know that. Mm -hmm. But it's just like you both said, you know, if you're the, uh, you know, if you're that guy still chasing the pro basketball dream, you know, you've already been in the war, you, you've been fighting it and chasing it. So keep on chasing it and just hope that, you know, things will get better. As time goes on, things definitely have to get better. But at the same time, Uh, be humble and don't think for one second that you're going to be making, uh, you know, uh, tens of thousands of, of euros and dollars when there's no fans. I mean, it's just not going to happen. And on the lower level, what's going to happen is I'm 100% sure they're going to say, okay, why should we go with if we're in the pro B and we're not really going to make a push to the pro A? We're not a top three team. 
then we don't need a foreign player. We don't. We can just develop all of our uh, our young European players, German specifically, and just ride it out. And then once everything gets back to normal, okay, now we're in a position where we can try to move up. Let's go get a foreigner. So I think you know a lot of guys are going to be surprised too. And I, and I told all the guys our agency. I told all the guys that I know on a personal level. Hey, listen, I don't care what that opportunity is, and I don't care how much you're making. If you see a contract in front of you, you better sign it because it will disappear quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it disappeared quickly. That's what I mean. Uh, and always go with your gut feeling, too. Uh, and, and what I did was I didn't really uh, get into purchasing an apartment uh, when I first came over here. Uh, my second year I was over here, I purchased an apartment in Las Vegas. And then uh, immediately I got out of that contract after like six months. I was lucky enough to get out of the contract, uh, the leasing a contract, because, um, you know, you don't know... Uh, a lot of guys think, okay, I'm making the euros over here. I can pay for my apartment every month. I can pay for my car insurance every month, things like that. But just wait on that. You know what I mean? Save as much money as you can. Play for as long as you can every single year over here. And then when you get done, then decide to get the car, you know, get the apartment. Now, it's different if you have kids and, 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 and a wife back home. And that's something totally different. But if you're single... If, if you have, a, a, if even if you just have a girlfriend, you don't have any kids or, or, or things like that, just um, focus on saving that bread first <laughs> and then sure. go, into, go into your decision making after three, four years that you have a good amount to sit on first because you don't know what happened. You can get injured, have to go back home in the middle of the year. So, um, yeah, that was, that was my biggest thing. And I'm super lucky that it, that it happened the way it did. Man, I'm so glad you brought that up too, man, because I'll never forget I got a big lump sum when I played in Finland. So, you know, I go back home and, you know, I got, I got you know, some, some extra cash and I'm feeling like an NBA dude. But, man, after a weekend in Vegas, man, that cash evaporated and I couldn't wait until August, bro. Like, I was begging for a job. Like, listen, I'll play on the moon. I'll play on Mars, guys. If you guys need a guy 6'5", dunking everything, guys. I'm your guy. Sign me now. <laughs> Let's sign up. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I, I swear to God, man, uh, my second season, like I said, I came back over to Germany and played for like 700, 600 euros, 200 euros cheaper than what I was playing for because it was just like either do that or go back to, to uh, stay here, use, search for a job here, but then I'm running out of money. So I'm running out of yeah. money now. And while I'm searching for a job and, and, um, that was like uh it was crazy for me to just come back over here because uh you know some guys i could have got angry i could have said my value is much more than that nah forget that i'm going if i if i'm gonna go back over to germany then i'm gonna get more money for what i played for last year but then you'll be sitting there the entire year so sometimes you have to take a little bit of less money than what you got the season before that just to establish yourself as still playing the next season and next season because one if you don't play one season Every team going to say, oh, he didn't play for a season, so uh, why should I take him this season? He didn't play for a year. And they don't right. give a damn if, if, if you didn't play only because it was 500 euros cheaper or 1,000 euros cheaper. They want to know if you're healthy and if you're still on a continuum of uh, playing at a level of performance. Exactly. Out of sight, out of yeah, sight. But and, uh, Renee, let me ask you this. I'm sorry to cut you off, but let me ask you this. I mean, what do you actually think about the salaries that are going on right now, Renee? Because just because of inflation alone – you would yeah. think that, you know, that, I mean, they would have to raise, but, this, you know, it's just, in a lot of teams, it's always, it's just still the same, and I, I'm not, I don't get it. I don't see how guys can really live. 
Yeah, but it's also it's also great advice that, that he gave um, not to wait on the team to call you back. I mean, you have a lot more options if you uh, look for yourself when the season is over, like probably even before the season is over. You should look for other options that you have, at least to have them and to somehow uh, have a better look, overlook about the whole situation. Like, what can I get next year? Like, I look look at my st stats right now. Look look where we play and everything, and um, that gives you much more options. If you wait until next season almost starts and they probably not call you, as they said, um, you might get in trouble, and you have a lot a lot less options and also worse options too. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I like a lot of times two of the guys now are starting to post midseason highlights. Yeah. Because if you don't have if you don't have a, if you don't have a contract offer from that team and you're only there for one season, and my mid my mid season highlights go out and nobody's talked to me about renegotiations for next season, then that's going to already put out a, a certain type of notice to teams to other teams that hey we can sign him now for next season because his team that he's playing for currently is not offered him a contract for next season. So a lot of times uh when back in the day when i played it was it was tough yeah I, i said i am not leaving german soil and going back home until we talk about either you sign me for next season or you don't and if guys have an agent if you have an agent he has millions of other players too so right. you can always contact the team and if the and if the team contacts you back then you refer that team to your agent you can even mm -hmm. forward the email to your agent hey this team contacted me therefore you don't never stepping on your agent's toes like this And uh, as I got, I had a German agent uh, here who was more, uh, shout out to my agent, uh, Chune, when I had my German pass. Um, he really took care of the teams. He knew a lot of teams in Germany. And he was like, don't worry, you'll be playing in Germany. Let me take care of it. So, and then if it was a team that contacted me on Instagram or something like this, then I always forwarded that message directly to my agent and let them take care of it. But no, really, you have to do the work yourself. And can't sit around and, and, and trust that teams or agents will, will get your job. For sure. And Matt, let, let me ask you this. So what, what do you think about uh do you think there should be some type of a union here or or maybe where guys just say, okay, listen, this is the minimum salary that okay, this is let's say for instance, Regular Liga, all right, all Americans, all Russians, whatever, uh, you go Croatian, you're a great player. We're only we have a minimum salary that we have to play for, let's say, a thousand euros a month. I mean, is that a good idea, or what, what do you think about that? I mean, I think I think a players' union is most definitely needed all throughout Germany. Um, I know there was a players' union started in the Euro League. I believe it was this past season. It was the first season of a players' union. Uh, actually, one of my clients uh, who has a system, a recovery system for me, Kyle Hines, is the vice president or the president of the players' union. Um, And uh, what they do is organize uh, the time frame of practicing. Um, you know, um, are they required to practice directly when they get off a plane? Or, um, you know, yeah. um, things like this. Yeah. There has to be certain amount of rules and regulations that the players are going to have to go through. And um, it's not here yet, but I hope it is going to be here soon. But there has to definitely be a players union throughout all Germany. And um, if it's uh, even if it's Germans, German citizens that are playing here in Germany that are in control of the players union as far as like, you know, a high profile name German basketball players who's played here for a long time. Um, even if they can, you know, uh, form a players union and then say, okay, this is the amount of money that you're supposed to get paid in the Pro B or the Regionalliga and the Pro A and, and, and the First League. And this is how much we're supposed to practice in the First League yeah. and, and things like this. 
Yeah. You have more of a bit of a structure um, on how things work. But um, sure. in regards of player salary, that has to be um, more of the owners of the team and the management. They have to take more responsibility of that because it's German right. law that you right. cannot provide somebody a salary under the, under the, under the normal salary yep. of a person that's actually working. Yep. Right. Yeah, that's right. For sure. And I'm glad you brought that up too, man, because before we go, me and you both know what it's like to, to fly 13 hours, come into an empty apartment, chill for a while, and then go play. And, you know, normally after a long flight like that, you got jet lag, you should be sleep no. bush, you know, you are, no, we out there trying to get a job. So it's, it's not as easy as my, people make it look. I always say my, when I take a flight, my legs are here, my legs are not here until two weeks later. Yeah. So you have to you have to practice the next day, but your legs won't be there until two weeks later. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's it's a challenge. It's not only playing basketball. It's 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 dealing with all the situations around, and and that's what young players should look for and uh, should recognize this as a challenge. It's uh, right. it's about the experience in first place, about what you are able to see through basketball, through the through the sport you're passionate about, and that comes first. And of course, you have to make the money, but um, do not expect that in first place. It's about the experience. It's about the challenge. And um, yeah, exactly. um, that was very insightful. Thanks again for, for being here for the second time in a row. That's really insightful. That's really insightful for, for players who look for it because we, we even spoke about how much money and uh, that's also interesting. And it's great that we brought that up in this episode. And yeah. Um, we appreciate you because at the end of the day, it's still a, a paid vacation, right, Matt? Let's keep it real. Yeah, at paid, the end of the day, you're still getting paid to do what you love to do. It's a paid vacation, guys. It don't matter what league it is, man. <laughs> That's right. Good to, good to see you again, Renee. Too. We we hope that this information helps the youngsters, man. And of thanks. course. And I want right. to I want to let the listeners know before we go. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't use profanities because of my partner Renee. I have so much respect for him, man. That I always keep it clean out here, guys. <laughs>